Hey everyone, welcome back to the Paid Search Podcast. My name is Jason Rothman. As always, I'm joined by the great Chris Schaefer. Chris, I'm sitting. I believe you're standing. And we're going to have to meet in the middle somewhere. But it's good to good to see you, buddy. How, how's it going? Yeah, I'm uh, energetic and uh, excited to be here. Uh, Jason, I'm sure you are too. Uh, and as that caffeine starts to roll through the body, I'm sure you'll... Uh, your voice will match your enthusiasm, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's good to be here. I'm, I'm I'm always glad to to chat. And as as people have said, what was it the uh, the the gentleman shared over email? He said uh, abhorrent amount of useful information that we share for free. I believe was his language. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad to give my abhorrent amount of, of wonderful free information out. Uh, how about you, Jason? How are you? Yeah, I'm I'm doing good. I got a new car, so I'll be talking about that oh, in Patreon. Yeah. Um, we also, we're going to go into the black box today of Google Ads that we can't even get into, but we're going to go there somehow. Yep. Uh, the algorithm of Google Ads, uh, how it affects our management, our relationship with it. And it's some really weird, uh, deep stuff. But then in Patreon, we're going to take it one step further. So we have some interesting stuff for there. And uh, as far as today's show, yeah, the black box. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about it, Chris. It's This is stuff that affects our management every single day. But um, other than just referring to it every now and then, we haven't really talked about it a lot on this show. Yeah. Yeah, it's we we refer to it and as always, you know, we we love to hear from our listeners and uh, we got a very interesting question from Peg which uh brought on a very interesting topic. Uh so I'm I'm happy to jump in, but before we do, I want to remind you guys that you need to quickly grab your special offer by being a listener of this show, you can get an 8-week free trial of Optio. Optio is the smarter way to manage Google Ads accounts. Uh, You can try it for free for 30 days, or you can use the special URL, optio.com slash PSP2, to get an eight-week free trial. This tool, I'll tell you, you hear me talk about it every week, but the main thing I want to talk about today, and this is something that always reinforces its value to me, is to see the metrics in a different way. You want to see something you've never seen before in your Google Ads campaigns? Look at them in a different graph. Look at them with a different layout. Look at them with a uh, you know a different arrangement than you typically look at day to day. PDF reports aren't going to do it for you. This is an interactive system that will help you make decisions about your campaign and get more done faster. So check it out. Eight-week free trial. Optio.com slash PSP2. Okay, thanks, Chris. Yes, um, this episode, how to handle the Google Ads algorithm black box, it was inspired by an email from our top listener, Peg, and she had she was basically asking us, like, hey, um, I understand there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes with the black box, with algorithms and all that kind of stuff, and I'm just wanting to know, like, when I make changes, which one should I be worried about? Uh, them having an impact on that kind of like algorithm kind of stuff. Um, I guess you could almost call it like ad score 
um, mm. or excuse me, ad rank, mm-hmm. um, just the stuff that we can't really see, but it, it affects everything. Um, and then which changes don't really have an effect on that. And that got us thinking like, hey, you know, that's a great way to think about it. And uh, intuitively, when we're managing accounts day to day, um, I think we both factor that into our decisions. Yeah. So like sometimes when we do things that aren't going to have an impact on ad rank or the algorithm or the black box, whatever, we just go to town and we make those changes. And, and then sometimes I know for me, there's changes I want to make. And sometimes I slow myself down because I don't want to mess with whatever that black box algorithm thing is. So Chris, speak to that. When we use the word black box, what, what does that mean to you? So there's a lot of language that we use around black box. Um, and uh, it basically can all boil down to this the mystery and questions that you have about Google ads, that's what the black box is. When you wonder why one keyword has a minimum bid of this and another keyword has a minimum bid of that, right? That is derived from the black box of mystery. If you wonder why uh, one keyword is um, you know, getting all the clicks and another one isn't, but they have the same uh, quality score, that's another black box of mystery. Why, you know, if they have the same bids and everything, well, you know, what's happening there? Why is this one preferred? Um, if you're wondering why are my ads, you know, slow at the beginning of turning on a campaign, or why when I make this change, do things suddenly kind of bog down and slow down, and then pick back up? You know, there's there's something happening in the engine of Google Ads, and that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about what. Switches, knobs, can you turn and adjust and not affect the mystery of the black box? And I I think it's uh, something that, as Jason said, it's something that we look at and just have a gut feel for. But we've never sat and talked about what's a hot button and what's a, you know, no-brainer. You know, what, what are some things that are scary and some things that aren't, that, that, that are deep connected to that black box? Is that what it means to you, Jason? Does that sound about right? Yeah, basically, um, it's just, I, I like the term black box. I kind of like the, the words um, ad rank, yeah. even though that is such a defined thing, even though we can't really see it. It's such a defined thing that it, it might be wrong to use that term, but that's how I kind of think about it. Um, you probably never watched it, but there was a great show, maybe the greatest show, the second greatest show called Lost when I was a young man coming up. I did watch that. And um, mm-hmm. you watched Lost? Yeah. I did. And you do you remember the black smoke or whatever it was? Yes, that the monster. Around? Like, yeah. like, like a scary sound. Yeah. yeah, I know. And you didn't know why it showed up. You just knew it was a thing. And... Um, that's kind of the way I look at this. So I think the black box is a is a good term. Uh, but yeah, it's just kind of like it's always there. It's a huge part of my management. It's a huge part of my client relationships when they're asking me to do things and I have to kind of slow them down or tell them why I wouldn't want to do that. There's a whole lot of like, uh, hey, I can't explain it, but trust me kind of talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I'm doing the management, yeah, there's stuff that I do where I'm like, I don't even think about the consequences being negative because I'm like, okay, these are smart things to do. And it's just straightforward. If I change a bid and we'll get into it from $5 to $10, I know what's going to happen. But there's other things where I go, 
whoa, a lot of things could come from this. I don't want to kind of open that can of worms or punch that beehive or whatever it is, uh, mess with the black box. So yeah, it, it, it's always affecting my management. So stuff we're not worried about. Change things as much as you want, question mark. I think the only thing I want to say, Chris, uh, before we dive into it is this is a very opinionated episode. This is uh, mm. a lot of what we do on the show is we look at the documentation, yeah. we look at our own experience, and That's we are point. able to say with like basically 100% confidence what's going on. But in this case, this is all just based on personal experience, actual experience, actual like you do things in the accounts and then you see the results. It's not based on documentation. So things might be different in your accounts based on how long they've been running, based on the industries you're in. Who knows? But uh, this is the stuff we've seen. So when we're making changes, this is stuff that we're we're not worried about uh, messing with the black box when we make these changes. We don't think it really affects that algorithm ad rank. Well, I, guess I should stop using the word ad rank because everything affects that. But like the black box, they, we don't think these changes affect the black box and they won't have consequences beyond straightforward. Right. Hey, you do this. This is yeah. what you can expect. So the first one there, Chris, is and everyone can rest at ease here. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can do without yeah. having to worry it's about a long these list. consequences. Yeah. And, and they're major factors of a Google ads account. Adding new keywords. Yep. It's a huge thing we do. Sure. And Chris, why don't why don't you think that affects this black box algorithm thing? Yeah, I I, I think that um, you know I always like to to frame Google Ads as a as a vehicle and, and reference it in, in the way that I would talk about a car. And when I talk about um, adding new keywords, you know, in the reference to the car, I might think that, you know, going new destinations is not going to affect the engine. The engine's still going to run the same. Changing my destination, changing the, the uh, direction of my campaign may not change the engine itself. So I think, you know, and, and the rest of these should all fall underneath that same category. I should be able to change these and it not affect the engine, you know, for those of us that don't understand anything about cars, like me, this that's kind of how I'm thinking about this. I'm like, I can drive and fill up my tank and do this, this, and this, but as soon as I pop the hood and, and twist this knob or smash this with a hammer, the black box of the engine mystery is going to break. I don't know why it broke, but that definitely affects it. So these are non-hammer things. Adding new keywords, non-hammer. Yeah, you don't you don't uh, have to look at the engine when you decide where you're going to drive. You're in control. Yeah, there you go. And I think that's kind of equivalent to adding new keywords. And it it is, it is a lot of our experience. So it's like, I mean, we've we've added new keywords to accounts, you know, every day for years. And what we've seen is that when I add a new keyword, I show up on searches that I'm supposed to show up on. There's some that I don't like showing up on. I add negative mm -hmm. keywords. Mm -hmm. But it's a very straightforward thing. I've I've never added new keywords and then gone, whoa, what just happened to my yeah. account? Is something going on behind the scenes? Why, why do we stop getting traffic? Blah, blah, blah. No, it's just you add a new keyword and if there's search volume for it and if you're bidding enough, yeah. you'll you'll get some volume for it. Very straightforward. Another straightforward thing that uh, we don't worry about the black box and we've had people kind of asking us if this does affect it. And it's kind of a little uh, it's interesting how often people ask about this affecting the black box, but adding negative keywords. Yeah. To me, it's as straightforward as it gets. It doesn't impact the black box. Is that your experience as well? You know, of all the things in Google ads, 
my absolute favorite and most bedrock thing in Google Ads, all the years I've been working in Google Ads, negative keywords have changed the least. I don't know if you realize that, but that is as plain vanilla as it's ever gotten. Negative keywords have never changed. They have always worked the same way. There's no broadening or 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 shrinking of the effectiveness of them. You put the word in and it blocks it. It's a simple fix, simple solution to uh, you know traffic quality. So yeah, no, I, I think it's a very safe solution. You don't want this, cut it, boom, it's gone. And a, a lot of people have theories about Google Ads, and because there's so much with this black box that is just unwritten, unsaid, and just based on people's experience, uh, I think some people get the sense, like with negative keywords, like if you throw in a bunch of them, Google Ads, the system might look at your account and go, okay, you're not down to party. Mm. You know, you're not down right. to spend some money here <laughs> yeah. and and maybe ding you for it. Right. Um, I've heard some people kind of have that theory. That has not been my experience at all. Um, and I, I would not be concerned about that if you're wanting to add some negative keywords to protect your traffic quality, to control your traffic quality. That's not going to, in my experience, doesn't affect anything other than just not showing up on those searches. And that's it. So it's a very straightforward thing and you got nothing to worry about there. Um, layering. So let's talk locations. Uh, layering on and what I mean by that is you target like Oklahoma City city, or you target a 30-mile radius around Oklahoma City, mm -hmm. as well as a 50-mile radius or whatever for different reasons you want to do that. That would be layering layering on new locations. And then like adding or shrinking locations, say you start targeting the state of uh, Wyoming. We don't talk about Wyoming enough, Chris. No, we don't. And uh, no. for, for whatever reason, you don't do business in, I think the only city I can think of, Cheyenne. And so you target the state of Wyoming, but you exclude the city of Cheyenne. Okay. I mean, what do you want me to say about it? That's yeah. it. Isn't it? It's not going to. That doesn't affect this black box, right? Yeah. Uh, opening again, same kind of thing. Opening up targeting to a new area, a new location. No, does not affect the engine. Totally safe. Or the opposite side, removing some, uh, mm. removing certain locations, blocking some, you know, and. To be clear, we're not saying that you won't see the effects in your Google Ads campaign. What we're talking about is you will not affect the way that the system works. You won't have a bogging down of the system or the system won't suddenly flare up and go crazy. It just changes the way that you receive traffic. So it's, it's and, very safe. And by the way, a lot of this uh, black box stuff, it has to do, uh, I think a lot of people's first experience with it is uh, automated bid strategies and turning those on and then the system taking two to three days mm. uh, to learn the data inside your account and then apply real bids to it so you get volume again. Nothing happens like that with uh, locations. Yeah. When you change your locations, it's like almost instantly uh, you'll start getting whatever traffic. Yeah is based on that area for the times you run the keywords, you target your budget and all that, your bids for that area. It's not like, Oh, you turned off the city of Cheyenne. So now the system has to rebalance for two days and overall, you're not going to get traffic or you threw on another state all of a sudden it's going to take a few days to catch up. It's not like that at all. Uh, it's a very straightforward thing. Chris, this next one here, speaking about um, increasing or decreasing your budget. Now mm -hmm. the way we prepare for the show is, 
Um, it's a it's a beautiful collaboration uh, between two of the most independent minded people ever. So it's very hard to get done, but we found a good system <laughs> to do it. And the system right now is that we kind of agree on a topic, something interesting to talk about, the outlines of the show, and then we fill in the middle there yep. uh, with yep. kind of our own thoughts, and we we talk about them back and forth. And one of the things you threw in there was increasing or decreasing the budget. I'm going to throw a flag on the field. Okay, let's do it. Let's and let's talk. I'm going to say I challenge that one. But here's the thing, Chris. We're we're going to talk about the ones that we are going to debate and challenge over in Patreon. I like that. And we're going to have a little mini great debates here in the after show. So I'm going to mark whatever comes up as a debated one uh, for Patreon, and the budget one would be one. So uh, the next one is uh, manual bid changes. So if you're doing manual bidding and you change your bids from five dollars to fifteen dollars, or you're way off and your bids were three dollars and you change them to forty, you know. And I, I put the word honestly in there because I knew this one might have pushback. Yeah. I honestly don't think that affects the black box. And if it does, maybe it's like a very small kind of adjustment. But what I've seen from manual bidding is like, okay, if you're not bidding enough, you'll kind of show up lower. You'll see that with your impression share and your positions and all that. And if you bid more, you'll start to move up higher. Now, there's this whole other thing, quality score, that's a different factor. But yeah, I have not seen bid changes to be other or manual bid changes to be other anything other than manual bid changes. Is that your experience? And let me ask you this, Chris, you're making manual bid changes all the time. When you see a, a keyword get a great conversion rate, a great cost per conversion a lower position and you're like, Hey, I want to get more from this one because I can afford it because we can go up with our cost per conversion and get more volume. Do you ever hesitate to raise that bid or conversely, mm. if you need a lower bid for conversion performance, do you ever hesitate because of the black box or do you just do manual bidding? Yeah. That's a great way to phrase this whole topic. Cause that kind of cuts to the, yeah. that kind of do you hesitate point? Like, yeah. Do, do you hesitate? Do you think about it? Yeah. Do you worry about doing this? Is there bigger implications? And the answer is no. Um, I, I don't No way. Uh, but I think the important thing that we should define here is that we're talking about manual bids. I think once we get into the second section, we'll really start to define where that line is. And I don't think we're going to find a whole lot of stuff when you or are, you are, I are talking about manual bids. Uh, because the engine, in my, in my thoughts, is that the black box is much smaller when it comes to manual. Uh, because I can make adjustments and tweak things up and down, and it's essentially my gas pedal, right? I can mash on that gas pedal really hard and make a keyword shoot up and go, you know, get lots more traffic and show up much higher. And that's the individual change that I've made to that specific keyword or that device type or something like that. Um, and no, the engine, I do, I agree with you. I do not think that the engine as a whole, uh, you know, I keep saying engine, but the black box as a whole. Uh, is is mysteriously affected by that you know and i i could almost see um i could see pushback here because i i have been in some spots where i'm like man if i if i i've been in spots where i've bid manual keyword bids more than i thought they needed to be bid because i was just like let's rip this thing yeah, open and sure. start getting some volume so it's like i almost did think there was something else going on besides you know just your exact bid but I love your uh, analogy there of it being a gas pedal because I think the way you could look at it is like 
if you're driving a Ferrari and you need to go from zero to 60, you're going to, you're going to know what to do with that pedal and be a little bit careful because of how quick that car is. Alternatively, if you're in some old car that doesn't really pick up at all, you're going to push that gas pedal down harder because if you want to get to zero to 60 fast, because you know, it needs that, uh, it needs you to push it down harder. So, I kind of do that with bids and you could almost look at the gas pedal or the the model of car as the account that you're in. And it's like, if you're in an account that's been running forever, that you're very comfortable with, that you just feel really good about, you're going to manage bids a certain way. And then alternatively, if you're in a brand new account that you're not comfortable with, that you haven't seen how it performs, mm. you're going to manage bids in a different way. Interesting. But the reason I put it, I, the reason I put it in the stuff we're not worried about section is because I don't actually think that through. It's just an intuitive yeah, thing right. once you've been managing accounts for a long time. And because it is intuitive and because we don't think it through, I would say it's something that you could put in that doesn't affect the black box because you're almost like accounting for it the way you change bids, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It's hard thing to talk about. What an, hard thing yeah, to explain. What, and it's something I've never considered. And all the times I've given the analogy of a, of a vehicle and gas pedal and gas tank and all that kind of stuff. I've never thought about the, the different types of cars. Uh, this is a little off topic, but I immediately thought, what's the difference in Google ads between a Ferrari and a uh, Ford F-150, you know, that's got 200,000 miles on it. You know, in Google Ads, what, what is that analogy? And the first thing that came to mind was, um, other than the old campaign, new campaign analogy that you gave, but another one was the Ferrari is an exact match or a longer tail phrase match, right? I can punch the gas on that and it goes where it's supposed to go quickly. Bam, these searches show up. I got coverage. I have high search impression share, high position. But you know what that old, you know, 200,000 mile truck is going to do uh, if you hit the gas on that. That's the broad keyword where you punch the gas really high and it's not going to be nearly as effective. Yeah, you're going to get, you're going to, it's going to make a lot of noise. It's going to spend a lot of money. You're going to spend a lot of gas getting somewhere, but it's not effective. It's not efficient. It's not going to get there necessarily any faster because. It's ineffective. It's it's inefficient. The broad keyword is so. I don't know. That, that's off topic, but um, that's such that's such a cool analogy. I had to kind of voice that. I never thought about that before. Uh, Chris, talk to me about um, bid percentage yes. changes for return on ad spend ROAS at the ad group level. You're changing your bids at the ad group level based on what you see with the ROAS? Is that mm -hmm. what's going on there? Yeah. So this is something that I put in the, the list here. A little bit, little bit complicated, but essentially this is the manual bidding of ROAS uh, automated bidding. So in ROAS target bidding, you can set percentages. You could say 100%, 200%, you know, 500%, or you could say 60%, 40%. You know, you give it a threshold to hit for uh, something at an ad group level. And what I found, and I put this in here because this is a contradiction between what we'll talk about in a minute, even though it's automated bidding, I don't find that the black box is affected too much by this. There is some effect, and it, wow. it, but it's not to the degree that we're about to talk about. I, I would put it in the not affecting the black box category more so than I would and, and not and not affecting your management decisions. If if you yep. see a return on ad spend 
percentage that you want to change based on the data, just you it. just change it. I just it do sounds it. like. Yep. Okay. Now, I don't necessarily do it as fast as I will do a keyword change. I want to put it in perspective. If I want to change a keyword, done. Don't think of it. If I want to do that, uh, you know, once a day, I'll do that. But I do not do uh, ROAS percentage changes once a day, right? That might be once a week. So I do think that there's some gray area here, but uh, I mean, just to show you, you know, that there is kind of a, you know, a middle ground and it's, it's not something I entirely understand, but I just wanted to share that as well. Okay. And then the final one for this section, device and demographic bid adjustments, um, tablet, mobile, desktop, uh, gender, age range, uh, that kind of stuff. When I make those bid adjustments, I just make them. Um, based on the data I see and based on things I want to do, I don't, I don't factor in like, oh, okay, if I, do, if I drop or if I increase desktop by 20%, what else is that going to affect? That, that question has never come across my mind when I do that. I just go, same as geographic, it up. Still, yeah. yeah, I consider it geographic, you know, same yeah. as geographic targeting or, you know, uh, something like that or, or turning off a certain keyword. It's just, I no longer show to that done. That's it. The only caveat I want to put on that is I think it's being, it might be being phased out, but like target CPA, I know that the bid adjustments like at the device level meant something different for target CPA than they did for mm. manual bidding mm-hmm. um, or or at least it was something you had to consider. So yeah. I'll put a caveat on that, that I'm usually talking about manual bidding with that. But And one final thing, I don't have this on the list, Jason. But one final thing, and you hinted at this, and this was so well said that I have to bring it up, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw a line here, because I hear the same thing that you hear as well about people thinking, and I'll try and bring their voice into this, when I don't spend as much money, it's almost like Google is um, saying, well, you know, he's not, he, he used to spend this much. And now he's only spending half. So they're not giving me the same kind of quality of traffic. They're holding back for the high spending competitors, you know, and this is alluding to the black box as though Google's making a decision. The engine is some kind of AI system algorithm that looks at your budget and looks at what you used to do and looks at what you're doing now, looks at what you're ha- what you have as your negative keywords and said, this guy isn't serious enough. We're not going to send them the same traffic as someone else. I absolutely hear that. Uh, Jason, I'm sure you do too. And I have to say, that's baloney. Absolute baloney. I do not think that the AI somehow holds back traffic or keeps conversions from happening or gives it to competitors that are spending more. Since the beginning of Google Ads, ad rank has always been the factor of determining who gets to show ads. And I don't think that there's any kind of overriding government system inside of the the black box that determines who gets what based on their spend or based on how you know how much they're not spending now versus much that you know they did in the past I, I don't think it's true what do you think well i know there there are some areas that kind of maybe would somewhat get near that or close to that in terms of the way i think about them with like pausing google ads okay. accounts okay. as opposed to keeping them on yeah and so and then I think those accounts get better ad rank, which we'll which we'll talk about. So I think 
some people might misconstrue those two things, mm. but I think people need to definitely like depersonalize the way That's, they think yeah. Google ads looks at their account. Yeah. Uh, we see this with YouTube a lot where people get in trouble and they think someone's sitting at YouTube going after them. When in reality, a lot of the times it's just artificial intelligence systems. Sometimes they're accurate. Sometimes they're not. And they don't have that human nuance judgment. They just crack down a lot of times. Mm. And unfortunately, I think we're going to start seeing that in Google Ads accounts with this new strike policy system. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised how intense that is and how concrete it is when it happens to you and how there's no wiggle room there. So we we got to be careful about that and be educated on what's coming up there. So we'll probably cover that in an upcoming episode on the news segment. But my point is that, no, I don't think your account is getting a little uh, grade inside of Google ads and people looking at it and go, oh, this small business in Columbus, Ohio hasn't raised their budget in three months. We're going to ding them. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think that's a factor based on what I've seen because I've, I've had a lot of accounts where we spent only a little bit of money for a long time and they run great. Yep. Absolutely. Um, but running for a long time is one of those factors, which we'll get into. So we're going to move over to stuff we are worried about uh, when we make changes, when we do worry about the black box, when it does affect our management decisions. Things like bidding changes uh, in terms of the type of bidding, things like uh, the ramp up and things like what happens when you pause a Google Ads account. And we'll get into that after this message from Chris. One of the best ways that I have found to do things that are big time sucks. You know, they, they, they take a large amount of time. They they take a large, a lot of uh, brain activity. Sometimes you just, you know, it's like, I know this needs to be done, but I just need to do this faster. It's the better way to streamline things. And I'm talking about like doing things like testing ad creative, um, optimizing your bids, um, some things that are very manual and, and, and visual, like detecting if there's any uh, 404 errors on landing pages or things that are broken, um, optimizing uh, display campaigns, you know, the certain placements that you want to show up on and other ones you may not. This kind of stuff is very manual. And this is the kind of thing I'm talking about when it comes to Optio. Uh, if you are not utilizing the system, you may tend to avoid doing these things. I know I certainly do. I mean, it's something that I don't want to do every day, but Optio makes it easier. So be sure and check them out. Use the link in our uh, description, optio.com slash PSP2 to get an eight-week free trial. Okay, Chris. Now this first one, uh, stuff where, you know, it's not that we don't do things. It's just that when we do things we want to do inside of a Google Ads account, we also factor in this other thing going on, the black smoke from Lost, the black box, the <laughs> algorithm, whatever you want to call it. And we we realize that it's going to play a role and we sometimes it changes our decisions and sometimes it doesn't. It's just something we're aware that could happen based on the decisions we're making. Why do we make decisions? Well, the primary reason is based on the data in the account and trying to hit the goals we're assigned to hit. But that said, the first one where this stuff does factor in is probably my most famous example. The ramp up is real, mm. a term that I coined. Yep. And um, Chris, this is when you turn on a, a brand new Google Ads account um, and you start running a campaign. Sometimes you're just not going to get the volume you think you should be getting. Sometimes it's to a massive extent the difference that you think you should get based on what you're getting early on. Uh, and then I also apply the ramp up is real when we 
when we launch a new campaign inside of a long-term running account, Mm -hmm. even though I don't think it's going to play as big a factor or be as much ramp up, I still think it's something. Um, Sometimes uh, when we turn on an account after it was paused for maybe six months, maybe sometimes as little as a week, I do think that there's a ramp up period always. But of course, that ramp up is going to be less intense than the most intense ramp up is when you're turning on a brand new account. Um, That's what that term means to me. And the way I let it play out is I just I don't force things too heavily early on. I just get the volume that's there. If I'm targeting like something I think would get a lot of volume, like moving companies, I'm targeting a big city like Miami, and I'm not able to spend $100 a day the first few days and get yeah, a handful of clicks. That's black box. I don't think it's anything I do, I'm do. i doing. Everything I'm doing equates to spending $100 and being able to get that budget spend and get a handful of clicks, but sometimes it doesn't happen. That's the ramp up. It's real. Uh, it affects me by basically just slowing me down and letting me letting me have patience to let things play out. Chris, do you experience the ramp up? And then if you do let it kind of discipline you and make you just accept the way things are and not force things, how long do you let that go on? So is the ramp up real? And then how long do you kind of factor it into your decision making? It's absolutely real. It's something we devoted an entire episode to about not pausing campaigns because it can be detrimental. So I absolutely think that there is a reality to a warm engine and a cold engine. I think that's the best way I could give an example. I, I there, There's something mysterious. And every time I think that there's like something I can't put my finger on, every, every time there's something I cannot look at the numbers and understand why, when I first started this, was I only getting like a couple clicks, and now two weeks later, I'm getting so much more? You know, the traffic hasn't gone. Or, oh. or why why am I running this kind of uh, business on the East Coast, and then I got a new client on the West Coast, and the one on the East Coast spends $250 a day, <laughs> and the one on the West Coast I just launched isn't spending like $15 right. a day. Right, right, yeah. And, and anytime we get to a point where it's more questions and no discernible metrics that I can look at to determine that, um, that's black box. That is, uh, the mystery that you, you know, you just have to work around. It's there. It, it, it's right there in the middle of your management system. And sometimes some of these things are, they have a hard wire line straight to the heart of the black box. And this is absolutely it. So if, if you do launch a new account for a client and they're really excited, this is a problem a lot of times, they're really excited about Google Ads. Yeah. You've told them what it can do for their business. They've seen their competitors do it. They want to get going and start getting those uh, leads and sales and making things happen. You turn on the account, nothing really happens. The volume's really low. You're not spending the budget. You're doing searches. They're doing searches. The ads aren't showing up. They're showing up very, very low. You've checked your bids. You've checked your negative keywords. You've checked your ad approvals. There's not, you've checked your settings. There's nothing that should be slowing you down. And then you explain to the client, Hey, I do a podcast with the best Google ads manager <laughs> on the planet. Mm-hmm. And he coined the term, the ramp up is real. He also coined the, uh, the analogy of uh, starting an old car in winter and the engine warming up, Wait. even though you don't give him credit. I don't give him credit for that. He's the one that did that. Oh. You explain that to your client and they go, okay, Chris, you know, you have good judgment. You work with the best, uh, Jason Rothman on your podcast and, 
and we're we're excited about that. So we believe you. And they let you go that one day. They let you go a few days before pushing you to get more volume. Mm-hmm. How long do you let that relax, buddy? I'm just making jokes. We all know you're the great Chris Schaefer. He's got this I'm mean just scowl waiting. on no, his I'm face. Just, like he can't, I'm just, he just wa- can't believe waiting for this that I said I'm the best Google Ads manager. Just take it easy, here. buddy. <laughs> all right, take it easy, buddy. So they 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 give you that kind of like, all right, Chris, you know. You're the great Chris Schaefer. We get it. We get it. We're going to listen to your advice. We're, we're not going to push you to make things go crazy in the account. Day one goes by. Day two goes by. Now they're sending emails. Now they're calling you. Mm, they want to know what's uh, going on. There we go. Yeah. How long do you usually give it? How long do you see this ramp up kind of take? What What's your experience there? I mean. Before you do something about it. Before you go, okay, Black Box is doing its thing, but I got to do something. Yeah. How long do you let that go? Um. I will, I mean, I'm notorious for telling many of my clients that, listen, the the first month is a learning month. I know sometimes I'll think, you know, I don't, I won't really know anything until that first month. You know, does this keyword not really have the traffic? Does, uh, you know, do people really not convert on this keyword instead of it's not a traffic issue, it's a quality of traffic, it's a quality of uh of customer for you. So, I mean, I'll, if, I'll say if you a, bid $40, do you really only show up at the bottom of the page yeah, below organic? I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, long, uh, on, on the longer side, a month on the shorter side, maybe 10 days, something like that. A month and 10 days. Okay. So my advice to people is George Strait has a great catalog, decades and decades of music, very relaxing music. Okay. Get yourself some George Strait. Get yourself a rocking chair. Okay. Get yourself a lemonade or a sweet tea. Okay. And just do some front porch sitting. You know, just take it easy. <laughs> just take it easy. And how long do you have to take it easy for? I'm with you. I, in my world, I like a month okay. if I can get it. Okay. Yeah. If someone can just go to their front porch, just rock back and forth, listen yep. to "She Let a It month. All Go," listen to "Troubadour," listen to "Carrying Your Love With Me," oh, boy. listen to "Amarillo by Morning." Uh, and just sip on your sweet tea and just do some front porch sitting and think about your life. I'd like them to do that for a month. Um, a lot of the times, Chris, there's a little more pressure than that. Yeah. And to give people something, I I kind of like the two week mark, you know, like let's, we can't even be talking about this stuff this kind of way. You're crazy. If you want me to push your bids during the first two weeks, give me two weeks, mm. you know, let's, let's get something going. Um, so two weeks is kind of my minimum and my preference is to a month. That's when I really feel like I'm actually seeing what's, what's somewhat of reality. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that. I like that. So kind of playing on this running accounts for a long time, pausing Google ads accounts for a long time, instead of keeping them on with a lower budget. Let me just throw something in Patreon, Chris, real quick. Uh, and that would be the length of a Google ads account. Hmm. Okay. How long it's been running, not pausing or anything, but I think that's a kind of an interesting black box thing, but kind of tabling that one for Patreon and sticking to, Hey, a client's going on. Um, that's a bad example. It's more examples are having business problems and you know, they, they hire the wrong people. They're in a too competitive market, but they, instead of looking at those things or their bad manager, they just look at Google ads and they want to do something about Google ads. So a lot of times people go, Hey, we need to shut it down for a month. We need to pause it. I'm always like, Hey, just let me keep running it a dollar a day. I don't care. I just, I'm desperate to keep it running. 
what's going on with that? And do you also have that same affinity to just keep things on at some level? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I, I was just emailing a client who is having issues with their business. And just like you said, and you know, communication issues. They don't know if Google Ads is profitable for them because just internally they, they can't get their numbers straight and they don't know. So my advice was, okay. Let me, let me just ask you this because I'm just curious. When someone fills out a lead form on their website, assuming they're service company and not e-commerce, does it go to a thank you page or is it a click on a button thing that they have set up on their website? Um, you may not recall. I don't know. But I, I have a theory that people that don't just, that who just won't get the... <laughs> take me to a thank you page yeah. and make it easy to get conversion tracking yep, done. Yep. Most of the time, the people that have problem tracking conversions, knowing if Google ads is working, a lot of it stems from tracking, not going to thank you pages, making it hard to set up that clicks on a button thing. And then it ends up not happening. And then you don't get that clear conversion. Yeah. Data, so. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a whole discussion there about, Hey, so, so they're having, they're having problems and they're like, Chris, we got to shut it down right. while we figure this out. We're going to have some team meetings, all hands on deck. Right. And the the solution was, okay, that's fine. I'll I'll back off of management, you know, we'll we'll put things on pause, but let's put $5 on this, you know, $1 or something like that just for it to run, just so it can keep running. You know, it doesn't really hurt anything. I mean, they waste more money on, you know, the subscription they have to the to the office's snack box, you know five bucks a day is not going to hurt anything and it's going to keep the campaign. It's going to keep that engine warm. So yeah, I think it's very important. And it's a, it's a black box thing. We can't explain why it happens, but if you pause a Google ads account and then you try to come back on, there's something that goes on where some kind of ramp up or ad rank history build up being stopped or whatever versus a nice flow of every single day, you're feeding the Google Ads system some data, you're showing it you're running, your ad rank meter is constantly running and growing, even, and we go to extremes here, even if it's a dollar a day, we still have seen a major difference from doing that versus totally pausing things. Type of bidding changes, Chris, going from, and, and this isn't like you change a bid on a ROAS target or you change a manual bid number, this is the type of the bidding changes going from manual to an automated strategy or going from one automated strategy to another automated strategy. Speak to this. Oh, this is very black box is, stuff. Yeah. And at, at, How does it affect things? Is it just like a time you let it play out or mm -hmm. what's going on with uh, your decision making? Oh, this is, yeah. If, if we're talking going from manual to automated, and when I mean a max clicks, target ROAS, target impression share, any of that stuff. If you're going upstream from manual to automated, absolutely 100%. Because this is this is an engine that's been cold forever. If you're doing manual and you change to automated, the automated engine has no idea you exist. It's starting up for the first time. It's gathering data for the first time. There, this I think this is the epitome of the black box because this takes uh, what you were doing before and 100% puts it in Google's algorithm camp, right? It has to manage those bids for you. And in order, to, in order to understand what the bids should be, it has to understand, okay, which keywords are getting the traffic, uh, which keywords uh, are going to be appropriate for the kind of leads and uh, clicks that, uh, that that we think you're going to be getting. I mean, it's it's massive. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's really the definition of the black box of Google Ads is, uh, 
is that automated system. So not only do you have to deal with the defined black box portion of it, the learning of the the system takes a few days to learn your data, learn the history of your account and, and make bidding decisions. But then you enter a new black box phase of, okay, you learned it for a few days. Now we're a week in. What's going on with our bids? Now we're six months in. Why did our bidding performance change all of a sudden? What's causing that? And then you just get dead air. No. There's no, you don't get anything, <laughs> yeah. no information to tell you what's causing there is it. There's no and column black box or metric for that forever. Yeah. So, so it's just pure black box. Now, in terms of your decision making, Chris, like sometimes, you know, you've been there when manual's not cutting it and a client just is like, hey, let's mix it up. And you're like, all right, well, we can try this automated strategy. Mm. Where does the black box come into that? Is it just kind of accepting forever that you're kind of running alongside a black box or is it, you look at like, hey, we're not going to judge things for the first month because we're entering the black box. Or, hey, no, I'm going to push back. I don't think we should do that because I don't want to ruin all this kind of decision making we've made. So let's do it as an experiment or a new campaign, whatever. How does it? How, do, how does changing the bidding style impact your decision making? Like when you think about the black box. I mean, it's such a uh, scary knob to turn that I will not turn it during critical points of the year. You know, if there's a seasonal aspect to the client, it is not the time to change it, you know? Or let's say I have to change it during some critical time. It's something where I will take experiments into account and minimize the amount of uh, fluctuations that I'll, that I'll receive by implementing some of the automatic bidding systems with my best campaigns, you know? So... In every way possible, I try and minimize it. It's uh, it's it's definitely a big factor. Okay, now you've got a couple here about ROAS again. Yeah, man, you you've just must have been in the ROAS labs lately. <laughs> yeah, a lot of ROAS a, talk coming out yeah. of out of you. What's going on? Here? I've got I, you holding back on me. What's going I on? I got some, you know, I got some high spenders that uh, that w- were running pretty well. Don't laugh at my high spender, Jason. But I just always it just makes me laugh whenever cute. you use that yeah, term. It makes me laugh it's, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I've got some high spenders that are in the ROAS camp, uh, and you know. I test, you know, as I talked before, I tested the ad group level tweaking, but, um, you know, sometimes I have other clients that do not have ad group automated bids and, uh, you know, everything's set at the same thing, the same uh, ROAS target. And if I go in and change something at the setting level, so you can go at, go, go in and change the ROAS target um, or the uh, cost per acquisition goal or something like that at the setting level of the campaign, that, I feel, is a deep black box type of change. That is something that I feel can oh. can change the way. So it, feel, it feels like the engine's being shifted into a different gear. You know, you're not changing directions. Yeah, even, yeah, even that. Yeah, it's, it's, that feels like a deep shift, and that's something I very am, I'm very apprehensive about doing is making those specifically changes in the campaign settings for the bids. That is a hot button there. Very nuanced uh, thing there. Must have had some experience where I've been burned. Something went wrong or been burned, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and then changing uh, conversions on a ROAS automated bid strategy, what your return on ad spend, the conversion conversions that it's it's based on yes speak to that so it's some horror stories that i've seen before 
of people that have wonderful campaigns going, right? And uh, they're doing ROAS bidding. They're just going along, trucking along, going great. And then suddenly uh, they realize, oh, we have time on site as a conversion, right? Or we have, uh, you know, people landing on the contact page. And then they have to, they change that conversion. They delete it. They, 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 you know, somehow manipulate the conversion itself. And then the conversion is what's feeding that ROAS. And if you cut off the feed source for that ROAS, if you stop the conversions, the whole system can grind to a halt because suddenly, oh, I'm not profitable anymore, right? My ROAS is suddenly going, you know, just plummeting. And, and it's because you've cut off the core source of what that uses as the measurement factor of success. So if you turned off conversions, suddenly your ROAS is going to start going down to you know, 0 0.6, 0 0.2, 0 0.01, and the system's going to stop. And you have now affected the black box. You, you can't make it run because you've starved a ROAS system by not having the right conversions or changing the conversions themselves. So, so this would be like uh, that when you go to your conversions actions page or whatever it's called, and you have that column including conversions, yes or no, uh, the ones that are included impact the rows. Is, am I accurate on that? Yep, that's it. Mm -hmm. Okay, gotcha. Interesting, interesting. Um, but here, here's my question. You know, if you have a time on site conversion that's included in conversions that's affecting your ROAS calculations and you like came into this account and that one was on there as well as really good things like long phone calls or lead forms being filled out. And you look at it and you're like, Hey guys, we don't need to be tracking time on site because it's just not as strong as a conversion as the other ones. It should not factor into ROAS. Do you do what you want to do and turn off that conversion of time on site, knowing it's going to affect the ROAS with all this black box? Or are you so scared of the black box? You go, Oh, I don't want to do that because I don't want to mess with anything and we'll factor it into the calculation and we'll know it's not as strong as it actually is because it's a weaker conversions in the mix. How does how does this black box affect your management? It does it in this case, does it stop you from tracking the conversions you want to track if you need to change them? Or does it just impact the way you think about that change and and knowing that things are going to be a little weird for a certain amount of time? Um if I had a situation where someone's doing ROAS bidding, automated ROAS bidding, and they have a, what I'm going to call a fake conversion, uh, you know, a conversion. A, so a soft conversion. Time soft. on site, 15 seconds. Come on, Chris. Oh, we yeah. help a lot of people with Google Ads. That, we love showing soft. that conversions. We're a shady agency guy. No, <laughs> soft okay. conversion. We, we just, we, it's time on site, one second. We call it a soft conversion. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I'm sure. It's, if no one it's, thought of that already, uh, it's, it's, it's already on a landing page somewhere. It's viewing the contact page or it's viewing any page. <laughs> it's a soft conversion. We love getting that conversion number oh, at our agency where we run 100 campaigns per $10 of ad spend. You give us $10, we're going to stretch it out over 100 campaigns. Well, if I... Oh, you have a question about that? We'll send you a beautiful looking PDF. That's the most confusing thing you've ever seen. So you start, okay, I could go on and on, but this isn't a therapy session. Yeah. This is the paid search podcast. So what do you do, Chris? Do you, do you, do you turn off those so-called soft conversions? If I had that situation, I would completely disregard autom automated bidding 
and go straight to manual because the automated bidding will fall apart. I'll either change it to something that does not regard conversions as a factor. I would go to max clicks or I would go to manual bidding because my ROAS needs to be completely wiped. I can no longer rely on the system and I need to... So when ROAS, even if you turned off a conversion, it's probably still looking at the historical conversion number for a keyword. And so those conversions are still factored into... The yeah. ROAS bids on that day. Suddenly, gotcha. suddenly, this keyword is no longer generating the conversion volume that it was, and it's going to keep pushing on it until eventually the algorithm is going to say this is this is no good anymore, and the keywords are going to stop running, and then the whole thing stops. So yeah, I'd rather just not have automated bidding factoring in the conversion. So that's max clicks or manual bidding. And then if you wanted to get back to an automated strategy that factors in conversions. You'd run manual for a while. You'd clean up your conversion oh, yeah. data, make it more accurate. Definitely. And then you'd let the system do its thing if you wanted to get back to rows. Exactly. Okay, very interesting. Exactly. So, you know, we've got one of the, I think the ramp up is real. I think pausing Google Ads accounts for a long time. I think those are some of the biggest. And of course, this, what, what style of bidding you do. Some of those are, those are the, some of the biggest kind of black box impacted changes. But another huge one is changing the ad copy for me. And I want to know from you, do you agree with that? Does it go into your decision-making with ad copy and changing actual ads? But I know my podcast partner, and we get to this 45-minute mark, and, you know, the guy, it's time for a little nap because he just, he pushed it as hard as a, as hard as a 64-year-old can push it across it. And, um... And he just needs a little break. So he's going to go get a little bowl of goldfish. He's going to go get a little uh, miniature can of uh, <clears throat> a soft drink or something. And we're going to come back in Patreon. We're going to be talking about, man, maybe it's me that needs a break. But uh, we're going to be talking about changing the ad copy. Uh, we're going to be talking about new audiences. We're going to be talking about increasing, decreasing budget and the length of a Google Ads account overall. And why that's such a weird talked about thing. So we'll be talking about that in Patreon and how the black box affects all that. We want to thank you all for listening to our show around the world. We hear from you guys. Send us your questions, paidsearchpodcast.com. Leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts and all the podcast players. Just share the show with one friend, one enemy, whoever it is. Just tell them about the Paid Search Podcast. And most importantly, come back next week. We love to see you, and we will see you here Monday, next Monday, on the Paid Search Podcast. 